What's up, everyone? I hope everybody had a great weekend. Enjoyed some great football. Maybe a little bit of great cup action. A little bit of top-ranked boxing action. Watch a little bit of that. Some Army versus Navy. I actually forgot about that game. I actually thought it was next weekend. So I didn't get to watch it. Heard it was a good game. Navy won. Kind of the typical back-and-forth defensive. A lot of running. A lot of options. A lot of, a lot of options. No, I'm not talking about sports. I mean, a lot of QB options, run pass options. You get my point. Um, starting off with Inskeep's turnovers. Turnovers, sorry. I spoke about how I felt about the passing of Demarius Thomas. I was saddened and just wanted to go over my two favorite moments in his playing career. The walk-off versus the Steelers and his multi-touchdown game versus the Chiefs in 2013. But this is only a turnover-worthy turnover segment for one thing. Because I see people comment on social media about comparing deaths. And this specific case was rest in peace to Demarius Thomas, but what about all the other civilians that have passed away today? Why aren't we honoring them? And I just got to say, first off, that's bullcrap. That is, first off, bad timing. Second off, just insensitive. I'm just going to leave it here. I think it's very sad when anybody dies. I don't care if you're an NFL quarterback or an accountant or a military veteran, or a world leader, or a politician, or an MLB shortstop, or a gas station attendant, it is sad when anyone dies. Death means the end. They're not coming back. The living thing who died is not coming back. It is sad, and there's no need to compare. And every time I see that, it just, first off, it breaks my heart. Second off, it just pisses me off, because there's no need for it. I'm going to leave it at that. I'm going to come up on Inskeep's reports and reactions. Cowboys versus Washington, I feel like, actually lived up to expectations. Coming into that game, I thought if it was a blowout or ended up getting into a shootout, Washington wouldn't be able to hang and Cowboys would win by 10 plus, maybe more. Um, Washington, if it kind of stayed low scoring, for the most part, um, Washington could win, and they and they didn't. Started out really bad. At one point, Taylor Heineke, I believe, was 5 for 18 and two interceptions. Terry McLaurin did nothing. I don't, I don't remember. I don't know if he got hurt or what happened there. I haven't looked into that too much. I just kind of saw the ending on the, of that on NFL Red Zone. Um, my main thing I want to take away from that was Washington leading up to the game, or Washington fans leading up to the game, and I'm sorry, I'll troll you guys. I've hammered the Jets and the Los Angeles Lakers enough. We want Dallas. We want da- No, you don't. Dak Prescott is 7-1 versus your team. What you want is a new owner, a new stadium, and a name that isn't football team. By the way, Washington Red Wolves would be awesome. Just putting that out there. Bills versus, uh, Bills versus Buccaneers. Tom Brady's now 33-3 and versus Buffalo. No surprise there. Uh, no offense, Buffalo. Uh, the Bills need to come up with something for Josh Allen because it's him and almost no one else. Yes, there's Stephon Diggs and Cole Beasley, but offensive line, he's constantly rushed more than Patrick Mahomes was in that Super Bowl. He has no running game. Devin Singletary's nice. Um, but they don't run it enough. The play calling's horrible. I'm not surprised by that, considering their offensive coordinator. I'll leave it at that. Um, Bills did. Not a comeback, though. They were down 24-3. 20, 
Came back, tied at 27-27, but the defense let him down in the end. Tredavious White's out. They don't really have that strong of a defense in the first place. It's just kind of a bad mess right now. They started 4-0. And they are now 3, or sorry, 4-1, and and they are now 3-5 since then. I don't think they should panic. But they shouldn't be happy either. I like what Josh Allen said. He said, you know, this isn't flag football. This is this isn't the rec league. This isn't uh, Madden. This isn't um oh I had fun. I was a close game. Like uh, yay. I'm happy. No, it's you're not supposed to be happy. You lost. I'm not saying you should be depressed over it, but I mean come on. Josh Allen's the only thing that's keeping that team afloat right now. That's all I'm gonna say. Um Chiefs versus Raiders. So, I have a superstition. I will never talk crap. And when I mean talk crap, I mean deliberately talk crap. At least when it comes to the Chiefs. Yes, I hype them up on the show. Yes, I troll other sports teams. But I'm not really talking crap. I I make fun of Los Angeles Lakers. I love their history. Kobe Bryant's one of my favorite players ever. LeBron is a freak. Um, I can say a lot of good things about the Lakers. I can say some good things about the Jets. I like what they're doing. Broadway Joe is probably one of the most... I can't think of a word. One of the most entertaining voices in NFL history, possibly ever. Um, probably one of the only quarterbacks guarantees a win and a professional sports league championship. Um, well, I guess Black Scobar said that too, but... You get my point. I could say a lot of good things about Washington. I like Taylor Heineke. I like Ron Rivera. I loved Alex Alex Smith when he was there. Or I loved the team when Alex Smith was there. They've had a lot of good players. Sean Taylor, living le- or a legend. There's a lot of good things I could say about teams I troll. But I'm going to back up here for a second. When you dance on a team's logo or crowd on a team's logo midfield, you best back it up. Just like last year, this same team took a victory lap right around Arrowhead Stadium after they beat the Chiefs 40-32. What did they follow up with? A mediocre season and losing to the Chiefs in Vegas. What did they follow that up with this year? They lose to the Chiefs 41-14, dance on their logo before their Week 14 matchup, and are down 35-0 in the first half. I don't even want to talk about the Chiefs. I expected their defense to play great. I expected the offense to play efficient. I like what Mahomes has done the past few weeks. He is taking his spots. He is taking what the defense gives him, like some other great quarterbacks along the over the years, Peyton Manning, Tom Brady, but he'll sling it when he can. And he did this week. Past couple weeks before this game, um, or a couple games before this one, no, it wasn't pretty, but he wasn't doing too much. He wasn't pushing anything downfield when he couldn't. He wasn't, he was making good reads. Yes, he admitted to himself with the game against Denver on Sunday night with the Tyreek Hill dropped interception, the error committed by Tyreek Hill. I'm just going to start including those now. Um, He even said he threw the ball a little too hard and off to the side, which I honestly think saying that out loud is just an excuse for Mahomes to take the heat and get it off Tyreek, even though 
when the ball hits your hand, you make the catch, unless it's one of those 12 feet high and you just get a fingertip on it, or you're literally being dragged down due to pass interference or unnecessary roughness, whatever. Other than that, you need to catch it. Tyreek Hill, almost every pass he's dropped, he needs to catch it. If it's behind you and you can reach behind you and you can catch it, catch it. I'm no athlete. I've done that multiple times. No, not in a live NFL game, obviously, but catch it. Anyways, I like the way Mahomes is playing. Mahomes is playing. I love the way the defense is playing. I'm starting to see a lot more aggression on the defensive line. Thank you to Melvin Ingram. Thank you to Chris Jones being moved back inside. Um, Spagnolo, you are the savior of Kansas City. Thank you, sir. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, there's really not much to say about that game. Just don't dance on a logo. Don't take a victory lap. If you're going to do that, back it up. And you're the Raiders, and unfortunately, you haven't been able to back that up since the tuck rule. Maybe that was a curse, maybe it wasn't. Who knows? How about the how about Bears versus Packers? What a game. Well, first half. Um Justin Fields was looking like the quarterback everybody wants him to look like, making throws. Defense for the Bears was looking like a, the Bears defense from last year and the year prior, and even 2018. And The second half came. It was almost like the Packers-Lions game in week two on Monday Night Football when the Lions were just playing almost perfectly. Jared Goff looked like he was back in L.A. The defense was fine. Running game was solid. And then the second half came, and Aaron Rodgers woke up. There's four quarters of football, Chicago and Detroit. You should know that by now, especially facing Aaron Rodgers. He's given you plenty of nightmares and plenty of heartbreaking moments over the years. You'd think you know to play a full four quarters. Can't talk today. (sighs) Heisman Trophy Ceremony was this weekend. Bryce Young won the Heisman. You know, I made some comments over the over the year or over the year with Alabama and Bryce Young. I just thought Bryce Young wasn't the guy, and it's not because I didn't see it or because I didn't, or maybe it's because I didn't want to see it for some reason. But I was like, oh, it's just another mobile quarterback out at Alabama has a bit of an arm, nothing really special. It's like it's kind of what you're used to seeing. And I'm watching those highlights from the Heisman ceremony. I'm kind of hearing what they're saying and. You know how they have interviews with the Heisman candidate and then the parents or whatever, they and the coaches, and I'm just hearing all the things said, and I'm like, this guy might be better than the previous Alabama quarterbacks coming out. Maybe even Mac Jones eventually. Bit to go on that, but maybe. And first off, he's athletic. He's got some great agility. Has those quick cuts. Nice little spin move. And has an arm, and he's not afraid to thread the needle. And that arm, not being afraid of anything or anyone, is what sliced up Georgia and what is probably going to make Cincinnati regret even trying this year (laughs) in the college football playoff. I wish Kenny Pickett would have won because I've talked about it before. I listened to a lot of Jim Rome. I haven't in a few weeks, 
but Kenny Pickett's interview on the Jim Rome show about a month or so ago was awesome. I wanted to look into it. Um, he's draft number one pick worthy, I think, or Aiden Hutchinson from Michigan. Um, might stay in Pittsburgh and go to the Steelers if the Steelers can trade up. But I digress. I just wanted to say, Kenny Pickett literally and figuratively, no, literally, changed the game of college football. And it was never necessarily a rule to where if you fake a slide, you don't have to blow the play dead or come up for some reason. Or, yeah, blow the play dead. And remember that 58-yard touchdown run? I was going crazy over. And this was sometime last week. I wanted to talk about it, but I forgot. I was going crazy over. Well, that rule is now if Kenny Pickett or anybody else decides to act like they're about to go down, that play is now dead. So really that 58-yard touchdown run should have been maybe a 21-yard gain. Still impressive, but just not exciting. Similar to the Bears versus Packers game, when the Bears were showing some life in that second half, three minutes to go, and Khalil Herbert recovered an onside kick after going off the hands of a Green Bay Packers player, and the play was blown dead because you can't advance it. I don't understand that. On punt, I understand it because the return man, if it bounces off of him and one of the... Uh, the kit, one of the kicking team gets it, and that's all you got back there is just you. Well, that's dangerous in a sense, I guess. It's football, but what do I know? Um, I understand that one, but not advancing a kick on an onside recovery? Come on. It takes some of the excitement out of it. There's a lot of NFL rule changes that need to be changed. A lot of NFL rules that need to be changed. Yes, that's what I meant. Um... CFL Grey Cup was last night again. I thought that was next weekend. I don't know what my deal was. I think I'm excited for the Chiefs Thursday night game and Spider-Man No Way Home and a couple other things as well. Um, but it was the Winnipeg Blue Bombers versus the Hamilton Tiger Cats. I'm not going to get into it. I've said why I like the CFL. I think it's a nice alternative to the NFL if you have time to watch it. It's on almost every weekend in the summer up until now. Usually it's the weekend of Thanksgiving, but because of... COVID and the weird season this year of September to now, uh, or August August to now, sorry. Um, and in overtime, I'll watch the highlights later. If, might dive into it a little bit more on Wednesday's episode or later this week and go from there, but it was nice to see. I want to say congratulations to somebody. I was never friends with them, but we were on the same team my senior year. I've talked about me and my football, my short, very football career in middle school and high school. Yeah, I was lazy. I didn't try. Try, kids. Just give it, give it some effort, and you'll go places. Um, <laughs> anyways, Leslie um, Maruo. I hope I said his last name right. Was on the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. Leslie, your national champion. Thank you for making. Goddard High School proud. That was pretty sweet to see. Again, I'll have to watch the highlights. The CFL is strictly a passing league. There's a reason there's only three downs. Some of the coolest football I've ever watched. Not the best product, but 
it's entertaining to say the least. And I'm excited to see that next year in full swing after all the COVID stuff. And then I'm excited for the United States Football League. But hey, when I go over whenever the day after the Super Bowl ends, I'll go over all the things to look forward to during the NFL offseason because we all know the NFL reigns supreme. I don't care who you are. All right, next up, I want to go over Urban Meyer. And then I shot myself in the foot a couple days ago because I misworded the words. I misinterpreted, sorry. I did not get out what I meant when it came to Chiefs and Dynasty talk. I did not mean to say the Chiefs were Dynasty. I explained that in my last episode. There's something else here I want to go over. So, yes, I want to go over Urban Meyer being a jack wagon and then Patrick Mahomes and Tom Brady. I've mentioned a couple times I'm watching Man in the Re- Man in the Arena, Tom Brady's show, similar to Michael Jordan's The Last Dance. I think Man in the Arena is slightly better, but I like Michael Jordan more. So, anyways, and then I'm also reading "It's Better to Be Feared" by Seth Wickersham, 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 however you say it, um, about the New England Patriots dynasty and the pursuit of greatness, mainly featuring a lot of Robert Kraft. Bill Belichick, Tom Brady, and a few others. Um, and I remember reading a chapter. I don't remember which one it was. I was after the Patriots beat the Panthers in Super Bowl third. No, Super Bowl thirty-seven. Yeah, Super Bowl thirty-seven. That sounds about right. No, Super Bowl thirty-three. Sorry. Um, no. Why am I wrong on this? Anyways, it was after they beat the Panthers, and I noticed something in there where two head co- two assistant coaches were relieved after they won the Super Bowl, and I thought that was really weird, but I explained that because of how Bill Belichick is as a head coach, it's just all these meetings, there's no, no days off, obviously, from what you hear from Belichick, there's the do your job, it's just constant and constant work, they're in the office constantly, and it's not that Bill Belichick is rude or mean, but sometimes he can be. Sometimes he will be like, hey, you suck, basically. You know? He's, he's going to tell you like it is. And I'm not comparing the two by any means. There's a report that came out this week. Urban Meyer apparently is calling. I know we're in a different time. People are kind of different. They're, I don't know what put my foot in my mouth here. They're not as tough as they used to be. Or they need to be coached differently. That's right. They need to be coached differently, instructed differently. I shouldn't say people aren't as tough. They just need to be instructed to, uh, differently. Some people uh, listen well or learn well by getting yelled at. Some learn by watching and learning. And today's day and age is mainly watching and learning and taking in everything. Some, they get yelled at. They're like, okay, I don't want to get yelled at again. I'm going to do my job or I'm going to do this this way. Whatever. Urban Meyer, he can get away with that in college. Not right now. 
I think he can work out in the NFL. This year has been a complete disaster. But I think he can. He just needs to tone it down and realize where he's at. You're in the NFL, my guy. You're not in college. A lot of these guys are making more money than you. They don't care about that tough guy stuff. You can't go make them run bleachers. You can't go make them run laps. I'm not here to want to give Urban Meyer advice. But when there's a report that come out and he comes out and he calls his assistant coaches losers and to go over his resume and prove how they've won before and what they've done or what they've accomplished. And with the exception of calling them losers, what's wrong with that? I understand this year has been a completely, complete disaster. The relationship between the Jaguars and Urban Meyer might not be salvageable. But I think we should tone it down a little bit on Urban Meyer, at least with this specific situation. Now, sure, getting a lap dance from a 20-year-old in Ohio after getting beat down on Thursday Night Football and not flying back with the team is not a good look at all. But this, not as bad as you might think, especially when there's assistant coaches working under Bill Belichick, the greatest coach in all of sports, possibly, in all of sports, After winning a Super Bowl, let's kind of just backpedal a little bit here and just let's let the rest of the season play out, see what happens. Benching Jay Robinson because who knows why? Dumb. Calling head coaches losers, calling assistant coaches losers, dumb. Have them revitalize and look at where they're at in their career, basically, in a sense. Maybe went over it wrong, but not horrible. I mean, what, what do I know? I've The only position of power I've ever held is a supervisor at a car wash. What do I know? I'm just looking at it differently than most, maybe. I don't know. Something I'm not looking at differently than most, we see a lot of comparisons between a young gunner named Patrick Mahomes and a living legend, Tom Brady. And I've always wondered why. And I've always wondered why people say get dynasty talk about the Chiefs. And I'm like, stop saying dynasty. Only reason I brought it up is because I said, let's not say they're a dynasty, but let's say they're not. Because, first off, they never were. I'm not saying they never will be. They have the team to do it. And don't come at me with Patrick Mahomes' contract. It's a lot more team-friendly than you think. Two words, roster bonuses. Also, cap space going up next year. <clears throat> well, yeah. Again, what do I know? I just kind of wanted to look at something here and compare the two. I don't know if I looked it up, courtesy of Pro Football Reference. Look at Mahomes' numbers first. Through this point in his career, so the first four years starting, technically three and a half, there's four games left, whatever. Mahomes, and remember, Brady didn't start all, all games. He was out two. We got four games ago in this one in his first year when Bledsoe was playing. Mahomes, 47-12, win-loss record, 47-12. Okay. Touchdown and interceptions, 141 touchdowns, 36 interceptions. This is all regular season. Tom Brady's record. Or Tom Brady's touchdowns, 48 to 14. Okay, Mahomes might eclipse one of those, maybe both with the way the season's gone. And record, we're sorry. A record, 97-52 and 52 for Brady. Again, that's regular season. Looking at postseason, Mahomes' first three years in the postseason, 6-2. and two. 
I'll get back to that in a second. Touchdown to interceptions, 17 touchdowns and four interceptions. Brady's first three years, 9-0. and And then touchdown interception, 11-3. and Now, Patrick Mahomes' only two uh, postseason losses are against Tom Brady. Um, I'm not even going to dissect that. I'm just kind of starting to see a lot more similarities between them. You see Brady getting mad on the sidelines at his team when they're not performing well. You see it with Mahomes. Not as much this year, which is a little weird, but I've seen it plenty of times. where He's he's not like getting mad and throwing fits. He's pumping up his team, getting him in the right frame of mind. I shouldn't say getting mad. That's not the right terminology. But you get my point. They're both very similar in a way in which they lead their team. Pre-snap reads, Brady has been better at that. But starting off, he wasn't. Same with Mahomes. He even said mid-2019, he said, I, was, I wasn't I was even able to read a defense until just now. Sorry, he said that in the 2020 offseason. He said, I wasn't able to read a difference until read a defense until mid-2019. Anyone freaked out like, he threw 50 touchdowns on defenses he couldn't read? Now, there's a lot of different comparisons you can look at here. Look, look at head coaches. Brady had the better head coach, obviously. Who had the better running game? Tom Brady. Who had the better defenses? Tom Brady. But who's more athletically gifted? Patrick Mahomes. If you have the right head coach, Bill Belichick, Andy Reid, no one's really going to argue either or. If you want defense, you'll take Belichick. If you want offense, you'll take Andy Reid. I don't think you can go wrong. I think Bill Belichick is better, far and away better. Something against Andy Reid. Andy Reid's probably top 10 all-time of head coaches in football alone. And sports, maybe top one, maybe top 50, top 100. I, I don't know. I just kind of like looking at these. I like comparing these things. That's why I did this show. I just like comparing. That's what the media does. That's what the sports media does. And I'm like a very small fraction of that. One thing I didn't go over this weekend, MLS Cup, New York City versus the Portland Timbers. You know, I'm ending off with this. I love home runs, walk-off home runs. I love walk-off touchdowns, Hail Mary specifically, pick sixes, um, shootouts in hockey, game-winning threes in basketball, knockouts in UFC and boxing. I love certain moments in professional wrestling that I'll never forget. But one of my favorite things in all of sports is a soccer game ending in penalty kicks. And that's how it ended. New York City got the first two, missed the third one, got the last two. Portland missed the thir- uh, first, first two, kind of clawed back. You know they kind of go back and forth, right? Anyways, I'm not going to dive into, into it too much, but I love seeing a game ending in penalty kicks. Congratulations to New York. Can't wait for next year. I'm going to do as much research as I can, look into soccer more. I've noticed how guys like Colin Hurd have their two main sports, football and basketball. Jim Rome kind of talks everything, but it's mainly football and basketball as well. Same with baseball, as well as baseball. I kind of want to, it's football and baseball for me. Professional wrestling, whenever there's a major pay-per-view or major event. And then let's add him some soccer and basketball a bit more. I'm going to end off on that. Inscube Sports and Entertainment. 
episode 45. I'm out. Thank you.